So first, first gentlemen, uh, just only two days ago, you played Rotterdam here in the Netherlands. Uh, first thoughts, what was it like? It was cool. We, we've never been to Rotterdam. Um, you know, I think uh, everything in Amsterdam was booked up. So we moved over a little bit to a new town, but um, it was incredible to show sold out. And it was like so like a while ago, which um, is cool to go to a city for the first time and have that sort of turnout was amazing. And and the show, what is it like? You're in the, well, at, at the tail end, I suppose, of the European show. So where is the band now in terms of playing live? Are, are you running on full force at the moment? Oh, yeah, we're feeling good. I'm going to get a shot in my butt, actually, this evening. A little steroid shot. He's getting it from me. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, we're, 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 for the most part, feeling pretty healthy. Okay, that's good to hear. Now, obviously, uh, you have a new album out. And the last time I spoke to you was uh, with the debut album. So a lot has happened uh, since then. So I want to start with some of the kind of more, more general questions, which is uh, the, the first thing is uh, you decided to go independent. Uh, what was the reasoning behind it? Was it creative control? Was it something else? I think it was just, uh, it felt like right to us. We signed a four album deal with Universal Music and we gave them four albums and we loved our time there. Um, honestly, don't have too many complaints, but um, I think when it was time to re-sign, we just felt like we would like to try it independently. Um, for, I guess, a few reasons, but but mainly just, I just think that it's allowed us to it's allowed us to make creative decisions quickly move quickly a lot of times if the, if the ship is a lot bigger it takes a longer time for it to turn and and um it allowed us to i guess creative control even though we we always have had total creative control it just felt like we could make decisions quickly and then move on them and it's been awesome so far a lot more work, it's you been, know. It's a lot more work on. Well, our, that's a, that, our, that would be my second question because yeah. it involves uh, all of a sudden you have to do everything yourself. So how how did that affect kind of your day to day? I was just say I feel I feel like it made us better because now we're we're just more intentional about every decision. So we we know it kind of is on us, and so we got to execute. And so now we're just digging deeper to make it a really amazing thing on our own. Now, and one of those decisions uh, that you were able to make is to to change some of the artwork and and the album title. And what I found interesting about that, that I I don't know where this is from, maybe an Instagram post, uh, but you mentioned uh, that you were desperate to find and gra- uh, grace per- perfection, and this is kind of inherently, I suppose, part of being an artist is doubt. So being able to 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 uh, act on on quickly act on on your uh, ideas. How has that affected your relationship with doubt in this in this sense? Um, that's a cool it's, question. It's a little bit. I hope I worded that right because it didn't sound right in my head. But oh, no, I know. I, I uh, <clears throat> obviously like perfection is unattainable, and I think like when I when we use that word, we we just uh, mean like finished i guess like we feel Mm. satisfied and um i think you know we spent two years making this album and we 
second guess most everything like probably a good artist would, you know, is that really the right thing we should be doing there? Let's explore this other thing just so that we know. Let's, let's, let's try this just to make sure. And we did that with um, the track list. We did that with the production. We did that with the lyrics. We did it with everything. Um, and when it came to the album art and the album title, uh, it, it was the same. And we both had a moment at the same time where we felt like it needed to change and uh, we were able to do it. Um, and I think it was absolutely worth it. It re-energized um, everything around the album um, and almost woke up our fan base in a sense. And um, yeah, it's just been, it's been great. I think, you know, whatever we make here on earth is going to outlive our time here. And, you know, so Jake and I want to try to make things that, that age well and last for a long time. And that's how we felt about, that's how we feel about the, the new cover and title. You mentioned uh, waking up uh, the audience a little bit. Uh, can you explain that a little bit more? In what sense? Well, I just think it's interesting, like, um, Nobody, nobody really even had an opinion on the original cover. Mm. It was, uh, it was until it wasn't until we changed it that people wanted to voice their opinion of either like uh, that they loved it or that they hated it. And I just think, uh, really, like all great art causes conversation, and there wasn't much conversation around the first cover. But then, like when we released the new cover, there was uh, like a, a great debate amongst the fans which is is awesome you know and i assume it, it's it's more about um letting people interpret it the way they can uh, rather than kind of telling it telling them what it is 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 that fair to say sure yeah i mean it can just be like a, a blue oval with the black background or it can be you know an airplane window or it can mm -hmm. be a mirror um it's abstract in that way um, but the main thing is, is that we love it. Um, and, and, and I think that's important, you know, um, cause at the end of the day, we can't control how anyone feels about anything yeah. we do. And, um, so that's not even worth our time thinking or considering. We just have to follow our heart and follow our instinct and our gut. And that's something that we've stayed really true to. <clears throat> and that's interesting because whenever you start, an album then and in this case uh it was uh, i think you said two years ago or so you started um there have been some changes you lost a band member uh although that i, I believe didn't have that big of an effect uh, at least from the from the creative process side but, but how do you kind of find the balance then between figuring out what you want to do but also being true to yourself kind of evolving, but also staying true to yourself, if that makes sense. Well, I think they're one and the same, because like, if you evolve, it's yourself evolving, you know? Um, I think, I think like everything about Lainey, just it, it, everything that comes from Lainey comes from Jake and I, and mm -hmm. always has and always will. So as long as we're making it, it's going to be true to us. You know, and and I, it's been cool to hear Jake talk about things a little bit, but he talks about a few of the things that he's so like he's most 
proud of on this album is our intention and our range and how we were able to like stretch the sound of Lainey, um, but yet not lose the feeling of who we are and who Lainey is. And uh, I'd, I'd have to agree, you know, um, there's a lot of different flavor on this album and a ton of evolution. If you listen to this album versus our first EP, it's clear the the, the evolution is clear. I don't know what word you would describe it, but it's palpable. It's tangible. Yeah, I think I think one of the yeah, yeah, I was going to say one, one of the greatest gifts, I think, is we know what we're not. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about us just trying stuff and seeing what sticks and then we definitely know what doesn't stick so when it's working we dive head first we go all the way with it and then yeah sometimes it's like ah, yeah that's not us so let's move on from that so it's good that we have we know who we are what does an average kind of uh, session between the two of you looks uh look like then is it, is it pure experimentation and then anything goes yeah i would yeah, say definitely, definitely. Yeah, and and most days were fully aligned. Uh, I kind of love that Jake and I have a lot of things in common. You know, we have a lot of, so there's not a ton of things that we disagree on. But every now and then, um, one of us will push back on the other. But I also love that we're both pretty gentle with with each other. So (laughs) it's like, would you mind just trying this thing for me really quick? So like versus, you know, and I, I just think it's really cool. It's all out of like respect and love. Yeah. We're, we're good to throw everything at the wall because sometimes, especially if I'm throwing something at the wall in my head, I'm like, this is going to be maybe the stupidest idea I've ever had, but Paul will let me try it. And then I'm like, yeah, that was stupid. Let's not do it. <laughs> well, Jake, can you give me an example then of something that, that, felt like it was it was too crazy maybe but it it ended up working <clears throat> ended up working uh man i think one thing that's really fun is when we're done i honestly don't know whose idea was what because we're just so deep in it uh, uh i'm trying to think yeah i, mean, I don't it's know pretty, it's pretty weird <laughs> It's pretty weird to get to the end of congrats and just detune the the Moog to a completely different key. I just think that was kind of like the wave that we were on. Like we just wanted to tr- do, um, we just wanted to try everything. Oh, I, I have one thing. Okay, go. One thing. So one song that took a long time to figure out the mood of the song uh, is Heartbreak Can Wait. And I remember... That song, every now and then a song like really keeps me up at night until we until we know what the song is and where we need to take it. And I remember coming in one day and I thought about, we were listening a lot to <clears throat> Kanye and uh, listening to Jail. And there's like some guitar stuff that's constant throughout the song. And I remember coming in one day, I was like, what if we had a constant guitar thing? And Paul, what if you play it? and usually Paul's like no I'm not that I'm not a guitar guy I don't know I'm like no 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 it's gonna be perfect and like the first thing you played is the whole song of Heartbreak and Wait it's just in the background the whole time so that was fun and and I think we voice memoed it and then put it into our tracking session and pro tools and so that was a fun little day for you Paul what is it like uh, picking up the guitar because I know you've been classically trained in piano uh, what is your relationship with the guitar 
I wish it was better. I wish I was better at it. I think it's like such an amazing instrument and it's one of my favorite instruments too. Um, it's also, it's just so versatile, you know, um, can really bend the sound of a guitar in so many directions. Um, but every now and then, you know, I think it is cool. One thing in the beginning is, well, I, I played a lot of the guitar in, on the beginning of our songs just because we didn't know anyone. Uh, we didn't, we also didn't have a budget for anyone to come mm -hmm. in and play. And there was a beauty to letting our limitations define our art. And um, it's something that I'm not against almost going back to. Um, and Jake and I have discussed it for the next album is trying to get as far down the line as possible on the album without any outside help. Um, it would just, um, it would, it, it would be a fun exercise. How much can, how much of it can, can we do just between Jake and I, and then at the very end have maybe a, a guitar player who's much better than, than both of us come in and kind of play the specific parts we really need. Well, that's an interesting point because, um, well, we talked about it becoming a duo between the two of you, but obviously uh, you've grown as musicians over the years uh, quite a bit. So can you share something uh, that you were able to use this this time around, uh, something that you've learned along the way, something that sticks with you? Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Definitely. For me, over the last few albums, being surrounded by a couple keys players that were, um, like, of course, better than me, but also just so different from me. There's a guy yeah. named Chad Copeland, who, when we were making Mama's Boy, he just really harped on the importance of voicings, specifically what was on top. And it was a cool exercise for me. And then a guy named Ian Fitzchuck, we just wrote a couple songs with but watching him play the piano in a really unorthodox way treating it more of like a texture than like a melody um was really cool and it's something that we actually wound up doing quite a bit on this album i would play a motif or an arpeggiation of sorts and then we would run that through this uh plug-in called portal that would randomize certain things and we could get really specific with it. Mm. And that was, that was what I got. It got really exciting for me because you think about bending the sound of a guitar a lot. Everyone does it right. But to, to really morph uh, the sound of the piano, it's, it's, it can be a little bit more tricky, a little more difficult. And that's something that we kind of did quite a bit on this album, uh, created a lot of textures in the background from the actual piano. Okay. For you, Jake? I would say also <clears throat> for Paul, he messed around a lot with the OP1 from Teenage Engineering. Mm. He loved that thing. And he we that's all over our record, which is sick. Um, and I think one thing for both of us is 
when something feels right to kind of stop there versus like a lot of times when if you hear like a demo and something is just it feels amazing and then the final product loses all the soul to it Mm. it's like if we if we did something that feels right but isn't necessarily like on the grid or like perfectly in time to let it be like that our producer really encouraged us on that because like especially Paul and keys me on drums I I want to feel perfect because I've been playing all my life but learning how things that aren't perfect can really have a beautiful like weight and power to it and to like let it sit there versus trying to tweak it so that's interesting that's definitely an interesting point, and it goes along with uh, Paul, what you said about the textures as well. Because how do you find the balance whenever you're songwriting in kind of setting a, an atmosphere, creating a vibe versus the technical aspects of of what it makes, uh, what what is necessary to make the music? Yeah, um, I I don't like to go too far down the line on production. I I, I find that when a song especially in the embryonic stage when you're writing it, if it starts to lean too much on the production, then it's probably mm. not that good of a song. So I, my favorite writing days um, are with people who understand that going into it, that we're not here to obsess over like snare sounds and hi-hats and like things like that. We're here to obsess over lyric and melody. And um, I, I, I think the demos that I can bring to Jake that are a bare bones as possible are, are normally the ones that we we are more willing to to explore in the studio because um, i think if a song can stand alone with a guitar and a, a, vo- a voice or a piano and a voice um so that i don't like to i don't like to try to paint too much of the picture without jake if that makes sense yeah and that's and i think that's so cool too back to that guitar part and heartbreak can wait if paul had been playing guitar for 30 years you wouldn't hear like the cry in that in that acoustic line that he's playing. You probably it probably be more on the technique side of things. Like if we had the guy that played on most of the record, he's just like a savant. But the fact that Paul came in there, he knew the sentiment of the song, and you can like feel like that guitar part's almost like crying uh, because the way he's playing it with so much emotion versus technique. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting, as you mentioned, if if this is kind of the idea for for the next couple of songs to to uh, limit test yourself uh, almost. It's going to be very interesting to see what you come up with. Well, before I let you go, I want to delve into a couple of songs, if that's okay. Um, because you mentioned, well, we focus on melody and lyrics, and and obviously you've, you've written quite a bit about love and heartbreak. Is there is there an aspect of of love which is so uh, broad, I suppose. But is there an aspect that you still want to delve into that you haven't really? That's a great question. I have a couple, um, a couple ideas written to my phone um, that I think would be really fun to explore. Um, I don't know if like they're they're put together well enough for me to articulate now. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think you know. Uh, there's quite a few songs on this album that have nothing to do with love at all. Uh, right. Sugar and Sugar and Cinnamon, Home is Where the Hurt Is, It Even Rains in L.A., Saturday Night, 3.22 a.m., Alonica. Um, so it's cool. But life is complex and humongous, and there are so many little moments between milestones that are worth exploring and paying attention to. And 
um, I think I'll spend the rest of my life and still never run out of ideas, you know? Yeah. There's um, a line in Home is Where the Hurt is uh, two choices, stay or leave, which is kind of that, the, I, I love that um, uh, Thunder Road, Bruce Springsteen sentiment, this is a town full of losers and nice. I'm pulling out of here to win. It's kind of that sentiment, when for the both of you, because Jake, I believe you're from Arkansas and, and Paul, you're from Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Yeah. So for the both of you, what, what was the impetuous, what, what was the spark that, that made you feel like I need to get out of here? We go first, Jake. Yeah, for me, I mean, I I loved growing up there because there was not a whole lot to do, so I just got to obsess over drums and music and playing in playing in bands with my best friends. Um, but when I when I was about to graduate uh, high school and thinking about college, I had the opportunity to stay in Arkansas at a college or go to Nashville, you know, Music City, Nashville. Sure and study study under amazing drummers and uh that was a moment where i just knew i knew life could go somewhere where my dreams were going if i went to nashville and not stay in arkansas just being in a city where there's opportunities and so i had to go chase it now we're here <laughs> yeah i would say that uh, very similar to me you know not a ton going on where i'm from um which is good because i guess it I, I I had music and didn't get into too much trouble. I was just kind of obsessed with playing music and stuff. And I just, uh, I could see even early on, like with some of the kids that I went to high school with and those that were staying, like planning to kind of stay, um, that we were just super different. And, and I didn't think that like uh, staying in Oklahoma would serve me and my purpose and like what I wanted. And so um, I also went to Nashville and then I wound up going to L.A. about a year before Jake, maybe or a couple, actually just maybe six months. And um, hmm. but yeah, I'm so glad I did. I just think that um, I knew that it was a big world out there, but I hadn't seen it yet because I was from a small town and I was excited to see it. And what I find interesting then is what my favorite song on the album is uh, Alonica. And that there you kind of mention. uh that LA is getting cold, and uh, so so this it's kind of that love hate relationship. And I I know the song is kind of more about self acceptance, but can you can you talk about the the mindset in that song? Sure. I mean, you know, we, I'm I'm now I'm coming up, or I've lived in LA for ten years now, and uh, it really is like I can't imagine living anywhere else. I love it so much, but of course, there's just days where. Uh, you get maybe kind of frustrated with it or just kind of over it. Um, it's always so funny. The second, like you get sick of LA, you're like, I'm going to get out of here, man. And then you're going to, you're going to, you go to like Nashville for like a couple of days. You're like, God, I got to get back to LA. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's always a hilarious kind of a flip. Um, but you know, we're on tour now and it's been awesome. You know, I've actually been sleeping pretty well on the bus, but um, and, I, and we're so blessed to be out here, but I really, you know, I can't wait to get home and, and, and get back to, you know, where I live. So. And uh, one last question then, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot, Jake, but is there one line on the album that really uh, stuck out to you? Something that really piqued your interest? Mm. There's a lot, but I'm glad we were talking about the song the other day. And home is where the hurt is. Uh, home is where the hurt is. You say, uh, 
What's the line? What's the so we got to move our feet line, Paul? Two choices there, leave. What good is it to dream if we're not going to move our feet? Mm. Yeah, what good is it to dream if we're not going to move our feet? So yeah. that's kind of like you know, Paul and I. It's like we could have stayed where we were, but we we had to we had to get moving. <laughs> so I love that. But, but okay, this is the last thought then. But the, this this dream and the kind of I, I suppose to some extent you're living your dream right now. So that that bar keeps moving or the, that that those sure. things. So so where is it now? What, what how do you see? I don't know if success is the right word for this, but how do you see kind of the the you think that you want to get out of this 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 whole thing um i i think i've finally found my answer to this question which is <laughs> and the lights just went off i don't know if <laughs> i saw it or whatever but um yeah um so cinematic <laughs> yeah i i really all i can really hope for in is that whatever album we just put out does well enough that we get to make another one and whatever tour we're on does well enough where we can afford to go on another one. And to me, that's success. Um, Cause I can't imagine um, life without this, you know, and you know, so many things like accolades and awards and numbers are like, like we said before, just so out of our control. Yeah. And I felt, and if I put like my hope in those things, they're surely to let me down so i think as long as like our album does well enough that we can make another one to me that that's the goal and i i assume uh, jake you agree oh yeah definitely and it, it's just awesome when especially we're in the studio and when we're finishing the record just knowing something that we believe in so much that can help someone else you know, follow their dreams like we followed our dreams and that we could be kind of like a match that kind of starts that for them. That's, that's the coolest thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, may I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Robin, that was like Absolutely. one of the-